hate getting all nervous. They, they're really anxious about the fact that this guy that has changed their life for the last three odd years is suddenly going to go. And so they get, they get really nervous about what's going on. But Jesus gets them together and he says, guys, don't worry. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm never going to leave you, even though I am physically going. But I'm sending someone else to you who's exactly like me. And when he comes, you'll know. And you will never, ever be alone. But they were anxious about what was going on. This is what Jesus says to them. Is this going to work? Peace I leave with you. Remember I said last week that that peace is not just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't just a simple greeting. It wasn't a nice little greeting in Hebrew culture. But it was actually something that carried spiritual authority and spiritual weight. Because Jesus says that you can, in Matthew 10, you can leave your peace in a house. If it's not received, take it back with you. It's something that is actually tangible and has power. And so Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives. The world's peace is based on circumstance. It's based on what's going on around you. And so we, 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 we kind of, if everything's going well, we're happy. And so we think we've got peace. And as soon as something goes wrong, eh, that's worldly peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be fearful. Whose peace were they receiving? How powerful is Jesus' peace? He stands up in the middle of a storm and says, Peace, be still. Not a quaint little saying, something that has real authority. And Jesus says, Guys, I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to go through the rest of your life worrying. Who worries? <laughs> we, we all do, but the stupid thing is we shouldn't. I mean, the real thing is we, 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 shouldn't be, we shouldn't worry. If you know that Jesus is with you all the time, is there a, is there a valid reason to worry? If we're not confident with the reality that Jesus is with us all the time, you'll fear. You know, most of you know I, I, I've got a few tools. I fiddle around with woodwork stuff. I make things and, you know, whatever, little hobby thing. Most accidents in a, in a woodworking shop or, 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 or in a place like that is they, they happen because people aren't confident with their tools. So if you're running a piece of wood through, through, a, through a saw and a machine and you're tentative and you're not sure, you're afraid that you're going to be hurt, you won't, you won't use the machine properly and the chances are you will get hurt. You've got to be confident in what you've got. And when we're confident with the fact that Jesus is with us all the time, it doesn't matter what goes on around us. You can live with a confidence and you can maintain your peace. And your joy. It's amazing how many times you'll see peace and joy mentioned together. I want to live, I want to, I want to be joyful. It doesn't, doesn't mean I'm always laughing on, you know, carrying on like a nut. But there's an inner joy. Because there's an inner peace 
because I know that Jesus never leaves me. Peace I leave with you. The mission of Jesus was to bring peace. The death and resurrection of Jesus was always the plan because God longed to transform our chaotic and hateful world into a world filled with his peace and love. So when Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was even born, he refers to Jesus as being the prince of peace. And of his government and his peace, once it comes, there will be no end, but it will continually increase. Do you know, folks, that you and I, if we, if we get revelation of what we've received in Christ, that you can walk in ever-increasing levels of peace and joy every day? Who gets frustrated by little things? I had a terrible day yesterday. I was making some shelves for Robin's bookshelf. And um, so I had to drill a whole bunch of holes, cut some wood and do it. And, and I go to use my drill and, uh, and I'm starting to use it and the battery dies. I mean, you men, you know how frustrating that is. But I'm smart. I've got a spare. So I put the spare in. Spare's dead. Then I go to get my drill. I've got a special little drill built that does three things at once. And I go to get it, and it's missing. And I turn my whole garage upside down, every cupboard, every little box, trying to find it. It's gone. Now, what that means is I've got a... Now I've got one... I've, I've got three batteries. Two are dead, one's half dead. And I've got to drill three lots of holes, countersink them, and then screw a screw in. Do you know how frustrating that is when you've got a half a battery, you're waiting for another one to charge up and you don't have the drills you need to do? You've got to keep changing, you've got to drill a hole, you've got to change it, put another drill in, drill another hole, change it, put another one in, drill a hole, put a counter bit in, drill a hole, now put a screwdriver bit in to drill that because I've only got half a battery left. The whole day. I lost my peace. <laughs> Robin left the room. <laughs> and then I realised afterwards, man, how stupid. I mean, I couldn't change any of that because I had to wait for the battery to charge up. I, couldn't, I didn't know where the drill bits were. I didn't know what happened to those. They just vanished. And I realised afterwards, man, why did you get so upset about that? You know? It's just, so what? So what? Who cares? I got the job done, you know. And instead of actually doing it with joy and enjoying what I was doing, I was just allowing the circumstances to so frustrate me that I lost my peace. Then I kicked myself all night. Said, you stupid person. Why did you allow that to happen? And Robin, no, Robin, she just, she just went and did something else. She was smart. Jesus came to bring peace. So why don't we see peace in the world? If he came to bring peace, why don't we see peace in the world? Well, the truth is, folk, if you don't receive peace, if you don't receive that peace, you don't walk in it. And so many people have rejected Jesus. They've rejected the Prince of Peace. And so they don't know peace. And so we live in a world of chaos. But if you are in Christ, if you've received Jesus, if you've put your trust in him, folk, we can walk in increasing measures of peace. 
so that despite what goes on around us, it doesn't affect us. It shouldn't affect us. Sometimes it does, but we've got to recognise, okay, why? Why did I get so upset about that? And allow the Prince of Peace just to refill us again with his peace. Amen? Three, three truths about peace. Number one, peace, true peace comes from God alone. It comes from God alone. How do, you, how do you experience peace in the middle of chaos? It's only through Jesus. It's only through Jesus. Number two, true peace has little to do with outward calmness. Rather, it's our state of mind in the middle of a storm. True peace, our state of mind in the middle of a storm. I said before, when the, G, when, when the disciples found themselves in a storm, they, they panicked. They were terrified. They thought they were going to die. What was Jesus doing? Sleeping. He was asleep in the middle of a storm while they are panicking. <laughs> so he gets up, and you know the first thing he does? Remember the story? What it, he tells them off. Before he rebukes the storm, he rebukes them. He says, guys, why are you being so fearful and anxious and worried and stupid? Actually, I've already given you an authority to do something about this. And you didn't. You let the circumstance control what, you would, what, what, what your response was. And now you've woken me up and I was having a really nice sleep and a good dream. Now I've got to do something about it. True peace has little to do with outward calmness. How many times do we find ourselves fearful or worried in the middle of a storm? And I'll tell you, folk, I, 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 the reason why? I mean, the drills and stuff, that's nothing. I mean, that's just that's nothing. All right? I'm talking about when we find ourselves in a really difficult situation and you think, how, how am I going to get out of this? The reason we worry is because we don't have a deep enough revelation that Jesus is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. Now, I wonder how many of us really live like that. I know, I know there are times that I do and there are times that I don't. And those times I don't, I, I, I need a deeper revelation that he's always with me. It doesn't mean everything suddenly automatically changes, but it means that I have a strength to walk through that because I know that the one who has the ultimate authority and power over everything is with me. Amen? Folk, we need to live like that. Number three, when we live in the peace of Jesus... We demonstrate to the world what life is like as a child of God. See, how encouraging is it to someone, someone who is, who is they're searching for something and yet, and yet you're, they know you're a Christian, but your life is chaos. How, how, how encouraging is it to that person? But when they can see you walking through a really difficult situation, with absolute trust and faith in Jesus, with a calmness about you, folk, let me tell you, that speaks 
thousand words. That demonstration is incredibly powerful. And Kay quoted it this morning. We, we spoke about it before. Paul writes in Philippians 4, in verse 7, he says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. A superior peace that is beyond what the human mind can understand. A superior peace that brings a tranquil state of soul, of heart and mind. You know, when Jesus comes and brings his peace, it's an everlasting peace. It's a peace that has no end. We looked at this verse last week. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. May God give you peace at all times and in every way. That's a promise, folks. Right? That's an eternal promise of God supplying peace to us in every situation at all times. Now, I said last week there are five main areas of peace. We looked at two last week. First one is this one, peace with God. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We have peace with God. God's not angry with you. He loves you. He accepts you. He approves of you. You're precious in his sight. The devil wants to, wants to lie to you that God is not happy with you. But folk, all he can do is lie. When those thoughts come in, you've got to recognize what they are. They are lies. Because that's all he can say. No, God, I'm at peace with God. I, I have right standing with God. He has clothed me with his righteousness, folk. And we stand on that truth. Paul says that in Romans 5. It says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. He's saying, stand in the grace of God that has given you peace. So if you've lost your peace, are you standing? Maybe some shaky legs. Eh? See, if, 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 if turmoil comes in and you've lost your peace and, you haven't, and you're not walking through, you know, I mean, it's a natural thing to, 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 for that to happen. But we're not, to me we're not meant to just live natural lives. We're meant to live a supernatural life that goes above that because we've been empowered to do so. So if we're not walking through that with peace, what's happening? We're not standing on the foundation properly. We've got to come back. Okay, I've got to stand. I've got to stand. What am I standing on? The fact that I have right standing with God. Amen? Peace with yourself. Peace within yourself. Our ability to fulfill the call of God on our lives is achieved by our ability to see ourselves how God sees us. If we don't understand that we have been identified with Christ and Christ has identified himself with us, we'll run around trying to find our identity in a whole lot of other things. I get so, one of the things that anger me and I do lose my peace 
<laughs> sorry. But it's, I lose it for a good reason. And I don't, I don't lash out, I don't get angry, angry, but I lose my peace a little bit, is when I hear people preaching that you have to change yourself and God will only accept you once you've changed yourself. So that you've got to keep dying to a whole lot of stuff, you've got to keep killing off yourself. And it's a total misunderstanding, it's wrong understanding of what Jesus has done. I get angry with that because all that does is keep people in bondage and it doesn't bring people into freedom. And so people are running around trying to find their own identity by trying to prove to God that they're worthy. That's, that's not the gospel. So I, I do get angry with that, but I think I have a right to because I'm listening to truth being compromised and twisted that just binds people and manipulates people with guilt to try and for them to change themselves when you don't have the power to change yourself. We rely on the Holy Spirit and we are being transformed as we see Jesus. The more you see him, the more you see what he has done for you, the more the transforming power of the Holy Spirit is active in your life. And so we are to be at peace with ourselves, within ourselves. The, the, the measure of worth of something, uh, you measure the worth of something by how much someone is willing to pay for it. And Jesus paid the highest price for you. Amen? If we're not convinced of how much God loves us and accepts us and approves of us, we will go through times, we'll go through life like we're on a roller coaster. It's up and down, up and down. God loves me one day, he doesn't the next. Confused in who we are in Jesus. We're to live with an inner peace. All right, let me just, let, let's have a look at this. We'll see how far we get with this today. This is the third area of peace we want to look at. And it's this. It's peace in our circumstances and challenges. And that's probably where the rubber really meets the, hits the road. Eh? That's where it gets hard. Can I maintain peace and a sense of calm? It doesn't mean you're passive and a little weakling. It, but can I maintain a sense of peace and calm Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Do you know that almost all of Paul's letters were written from prison? In chains? I mean, he pours out his life to preach the gospel. He travels. He plants churches. He's continually ministering. He, he, he's bringing the peace of God to so many other people, bringing healing and hope and destiny, and yet so often he ends up in trouble somewhere. It kind of feels a bit unfair, doesn't it? Don't you feel for Paul sometimes? The poor guy is just he's doing his best, right? He's not trying to impress God. But he, he's, he's just passionate about wanting to see people set free. He's passionate about wanting to bring people into the kingdom and bring them into an, into a, an experience of a loving God. And yet, like, he just gets bashed and stoned and thrown in prison. And it's like, oh, how much longer, God? How much longer do I got to put up with this stuff? What amazes me is that in all of that, Paul stays confident 
and he stays full of joy and somehow he keeps his peace. Now, I want to I know how. <laughs> I, 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 wanna, I wish Paul was here. I said, Paul, look, look, just talk to us for an hour and just give us, give us the lowdown. Give us, give us all the keys. Give us the clues on how to, how to actually do this like you did it. Because none of us are going through what he went through. You know, we get upset about things so easily, like I did yesterday. Stupid Tony, stupid Tony. He, he just went through so much. And yet he maintained his peace and his joy. So he writes to the Philippian church. He knows that they're going through a difficult time themselves. And he says this, I've learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't rely on his own ability. He relied on what he was given. Jesus living in him, the Prince of Peace. So that no matter what happened around him, no matter what happened to him, he was able to stay joyful. In other words, Paul had an ability. Somehow he had learned how to cope with anything and everything that life threw at him. So his happiness, his peace, his joy wasn't determined by the circumstances around him. It was based on something else. Somehow he was able to rise above them and maintain his peace. And he, and he, and he gives us some insight just a few verses earlier. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord when everything's going well. Rejoice in the Lord when you have everything you want. What does he say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you didn't hear me the first time, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. In every situation, in every circumstance. As we, as we sang today, in the middle of the storm, we give him praise. And Paul learnt that principle. He goes on and he says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is the first thing you do when you, face a, when you face a situation that is upsetting and you can feel your peace going? What is the first thing you do? <laughs> now I'm, I'm, what is the first thing you do? I'm not, I'm not saying, what should you do? I'm saying, what do you do? <laughs> we react. We either get angry or we get you know, upset or we get... Um, anxious or fearful we start to worry 
We start saying, how am I ever going to get out of this? And then your mind starts to race off in a thousand miles an hour and then you start imagining a whole lot of stuff that will never, ever happen. Hello? Yeah? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we all do it. What is the first thing Paul says to do? Don't be anxious. What did he say before? Rejoice in the Lord always, despite what's going on. Rejoice. Be, be happy. Right? That, don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer. So what should the first thing do when we, what, what should we do first when we start to get anxious? Pray. How many of us do that? Um, I'm not asking you to put your hand up, but just be honest with yourself. We don't, do we? See, we want to know how Paul managed to do this. We want to know how Paul managed to walk through such difficulty and kept his peace and joy. Well, he's telling us, and yet so few of us do that, myself included. We usually wait. Here's what most of us do. We usually wait till things get so bad after we've tried all of our solutions and, and they kind of haven't worked. You know? And so things are now getting out of hand and say, God help. God help. Do you know that's a good prayer to pray? God help. <laughs> but Paul says don't, don't let things get to that point. Pray straight away. Pray straight away. See, our problem is we have religious views of what prayer is. We do. We've just got religious views of prayer. So now I've got to find a little place to either sit down or kneel down. You know, and I've got to go into religious mode. Put my hands in the right position. You know, then I've got to think, what are the words? What are the words I have to say? What are the words? And because we can't remember them properly, we go back to the, to the prayer we all got taught in Sunday school. Our Father, who art in heaven. Prayer is communion. It's communication with God. It's fellowship. So you don't have to go through a religious process. You don't have to try and pray a holy prayer. Okay? We think that God will only hear us if we pray a holy prayer. We looked at this on Wednesday night just briefly. We didn't actually look at it properly, but in Hebrews, um, <laughs> we got sidetracked again on Wednesday. People always do that. Anyway, um, where is it? Is it Hebrews 4? Hebrews 5? Hebrews 5? It says that Jesus regularly prayed. He, he, he regularly prayed. In actual fact, he prayed with a loud voice and sometimes with tears. He got emotional when he prayed. But then it says this. It says, God heard him because of his reverent submission. God heard Jesus' prayer because of his reverent submission. What is reverent submission? No. To, rev to reverence God is, is to hold him in awe and esteem because you know who he is. 
And so you recognize his grandeur, his magnificence, his majesty. So Jesus, he knew God far better than any of us. And yet he reverently submitted himself to him, to the Father's will. Now what what does it mean to submit to something? To yield to something? Jesus was fully submitted to the Father's will. He obeyed what God called him to do. So reverent submission is, is, is a humbling of yourself to obey what God calls us to do. You with me? Is, you tracking with me? I'll, I'm going somewhere with this. Paul writes and he says this, we are to be obedient to the faith. Obedient to not just the faith, obedient to faith. What is faith? It's trusting. It's trusting in in Jesus. It's trusting in what God has said, his declarations to us, the promises that he has made to us. So how do we pray? How do we pray so that God hears? Because you know what it means when it, when it says God hears? It doesn't mean he hears and then turns away and forgets what you've actually asked. It means he hears and he answers. God heard and answered every one of Jesus' prayer because he prayed in reverent submission. He prayed with absolute faith in what God would do. And we so often pray with wishful thinking rather than praying with genuine faith. And Paul understood what it was to pray with faith, knowing what God could do. And he says, guys, when you face all kinds of trials, every kind of situation that comes against you where you can be robbed of your peace and your joy, the first thing to do is to go to a God who is good, who cares for you, and who wants to cover you and protect you. Paul, three things quick. Paul had absolute Trust in God to provide. Um, it's difficult to worry when you have complete trust in God. If you have absolute trust in God, there's no place to worry or to be anxious. Isn't that true? So if, if, if I'm being hammered and I'm now worrying and anxious and I've lost my peace, am I trusting in God? Paul, Paul had absolute trust in God. So he, he, he didn't worry. He, he believed that God would provide everything he needed. Do you know our kids, um, oh man. our kids, especially when they're younger, they don't worry about where the food's coming from. My kids, even when they're older, they don't worry. They just go straight to my fridge. <laughs> but, but especially when our kids are younger, 
they, they don't worry. They're not anxious about where their next meal is coming from or where their clothes are coming from. They, they, they just trust in their parents to provide what they need. We are God's kids. And he is a good God. In fact, Jesus says that God knows what you need even before you've asked it, and he has supplied it. We just got to receive it by faith. And Paul understood that. See, it doesn't matter. I've learned to be content in every situation, whether I've got a lot or whether I've got little. God will always supply what I need. Folk, it should be exactly the same for us as adults. But for some reason, we find it a whole lot harder to trust God to provide. But Paul did. Paul did. The second thing is that he was absolutely content with what he had. We, we can lose our peace because we think we, 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 we haven't got what we want, haven't got what we need. You know, someone said, once said, um, I've been rich and I've been poor and I much prefer to be rich. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's how every one of us feel. We'd all, we'd all rather be rich than, than poor, to be financially stable and secure. And yet, you know, history shows us that even, even millionaires, they've got everything they want financially, and yet they're in some of the highest brackets when it comes to depression and suicide. Money didn't solve their problem. They had everything they thought they could have, financial security, and yet they didn't have peace. Because it only comes in Jesus. True peace only comes in Jesus. You know, the commercial world, the social media is constantly telling us um, what we need. You need to buy this thing. You need to wear these certain clothes, these designer jeans or whatever, because if you don't, you're a nobody. And if you feel like you're a nobody, what do you lose? You lose your peace. You've lost your sense of identity. What would happen, folk, if we lived in such a way that we were truly content despite what was going on around us. How would that affect your ability to experience peace in your life? Because Paul, hey, look, it doesn't matter. I've learnt how to live with a lot and I've learnt how to live with little and not lose my peace. Because I'm trusting God that what I really need, he's going to supply. I'm content. The third thing is that he had a confidence in who God is and his plan. So when he writes to the Philippians, he, he goes, Grace and peace be to you through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this, I'm confident of this, uh, Philippians 1.6, that what God began in every single one of you, he is faithful to complete it. Paul had a confidence in God's plan. You know, sometimes we go through stuff and we think, I don't understand why this is going. Sometimes it's because of our own stupidity. We've kind of brought it on ourselves, you know. One thing I know, if I'm going through sickness, God didn't put that on me. But sometimes I'm going through something that God didn't put on me, but God is allowing to happen because it's going to help shape me and mould me and bring me to a, high, a greater level of maturity and trust in him. We don't always see that at the time. 
That's why James writes, he, he, and he says this. He, he says, guys, count it all joy. All joy when you go through trials, tribulations, and difficult times. He says, be joyful about it. Now, who's joyful about that when you're going through something that you're driving you crazy? Hey, very hard to maintain your joy in that situation. But James says, count it all joy, all joy, a little bit of joy, all joy, when you go through... See, I was almost going to use a word I shouldn't use because it's on video. But, um, yeah, guess. <laughs> count it all joy when you go through stuff. But then he says this. He said, Here's the reason why. Because as you learn how to endure and persevere through that, trusting in me, it's going to develop something in you and you will become mature and fruitful. But we don't see it at the time. Paul somehow managed to see that whatever I'm going through, you know, this is going to make me a better person. This is going to make me more like Jesus if I learn how to walk through it properly. He had a confidence in God is and in his plan that even in the middle of a storm, he maintained his peace because he kept things in perspective. He kept things in perspective. Jesus stands up in the boat, says, storm, be quiet. Be still. Jesus had a true perspective of who he was. Do you know that you have the ability to change the weather patterns around you? You may not change every aspect of the circumstance around you, but you can change the way you walk through it. So there can be absolute chaos around you and you can walk through in peace. So how many of us are doing that? <laughs> I can see those hands. Oh, let's close with this. A couple of things here. We can know peace in sickness. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble. The Lord will protect him and preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the desires of his foes. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from his bed of illness. You know that even if you're going through a real difficult time when you're sick, you can know the peace of God. Remember the story, um, it's in Mark somewhere, where the lady with the issue of, uh, issue of blood, She's not allowed to be around people. She's meant to stay away. She's a social outcast. Um, she spent all of her money on doctors trying to get well and nothing's worked. And, and, and so she says, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I know I'm going to be healed. And she does. She, she sneaks up. She, she, she manages to get to Jesus. She touches the garment and immediately... Healing power flows out of Jesus into her body and she's totally healed. 
totally healed. Jesus turns around. He knows what's happened. Hey, who touched me? Because I felt something go out of me. Questions the woman, right? Yeah, no, it's me. It's me, uh, Jesus. You know, this is the story. If I could just get to you, I knew I could be healed. And you know what Jesus says to her afterwards? You know the story. So you know the story, but you don't know what Jesus says. He says, your faith, woman, your faith has healed you. What did he say next? He says, go in peace. Now that word for healed that's in that verse is the same word for salvation, solterio. It means you have been saved from your condition and now peace is placed upon you in your healing. We can have peace even when we're sick, trusting that God will come and heal us. You can have peace in sorrow and trouble. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort, a lot of comforts in there, we ourselves have received from God. Now that word comfort there talks about the calming peace and hope of Jesus. The calming peace and hope of Jesus comes and comforts you and as it comforts you, it empowers you to be able to comfort someone else. See, if people don't see us walking in peace, are they going to come to you for comfort? I'm not talking about, oh, just give me a little pat on the back and make me feel better. I'm talking about something that actually changes their whole situation that we need to have in fact when we walk in peace it's a demonstration that the prince of peace is with us we need to be we need to know this stuff we need to walk in it all right let me give you just one more and then i'm i'm done we can know peace even in death and grief There's a story, who's ever heard of a guy by the name of um, Horatio Spafford? No, no one's ever heard of him? He was a, a businessman in Chicago um, and many, many years ago. And uh, in fact, before we had, before air travel became famous, actually it was in the 1800s, I think. And uh, he had planned a holiday with his wife. He had three daughters and his wife, and they were, they were going to sail from New York to London. All right? And uh, the day they meant to sail, something happened with his business, and he had to stay behind and sort it all out. So he sends his wife and three daughters ahead of him, and then he's going to catch the earliest you know, liner that he can catch to, to get there. And they're halfway on the trip, and the boat, there's a huge storm that comes, and the boat sinks, and there's very few survivors. His wife was one of the survivors with a few other people, but his three daughters died. They were drowned. And so when he heard the news, he just dropped what he was doing, booked a ticket on the next liner that was going to London, gets on the boat, and it's the same, it's the same, cruise, it's the same uh, shipping company. 
And uh, so when they get to the spot where the other ship sank, the ship stops to have a memorial service. And so he gets out and he stands on the deck, stands at the rail and looks down into the water where his three daughters have died and he writes these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. We may not have recognised his name, but I guarantee many of us recognise those words. Words of a great old hymn, written on the deck of a boat at the spot where he just lost his three daughters. How could he write that? In the, in the midst of his grief, peace came so that he was able to write those words. Paul writes in the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 15, and he says, For our perishable earthly bodies must be transformed into heavenly bodies that will never die. When this happens, when our perishable earthly bodies have been transformed into heavenly bodies that will never die, then at last the scriptures will come true. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Folk, we can have a confidence. We can have a peace that even in the midst of death, we can walk in peace. Midst of grief, this man knew what it was to walk in peace. Let's just look at this. Uh, okay, don't want that. That's what Jesus says. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. <laughs> but... But be of, but take heart. Actually, one translation says, be of good cheer. Be happy. You're going to have trouble, but be happy. Remember what did Paul say? Rejoice in the Lord always in the midst of trouble. Rejoice, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Folk, what you allow your mind to feed on, determines the way that you live. It determines the way you live. Paul writes and he says this. We, we, we read it before where he talks in, in Philippians. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Don't be anxious, but in everything, come to God in prayer, right? And allow the peace of God to dwell in your heart. Allow that to wash over you. And then he goes on in that same little passage of scripture and he says this. He gives us, I think, a real secret in how to walk in this peace daily. He says this. He says, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, wholesome. And he goes on and he lists a number of things. He says, think on these things and the peace of God and the peace of God will guard your heart. What do you think about? What do you allow your mind to dwell on? Because it fashions what you believe. And what you believe will fashion 
the way you live. And if we're going to live in peace, you know, sometimes you can't live absolute perfect peace with everyone out there because they don't want it. But you can live with a peace in here. And you can walk through every situation with a peace. But I tell you, it has a lot to do with what you allow your mind to think about. And Paul kept his mind focused on eternal things. He didn't, he didn't kiss the world goodbye. Very, very involved in the world, in what was going on. But he knew how to walk through it by keeping his eyes focused on Jesus and an eternal future and bringing that and pulling that atmosphere into this time-space world so that wherever he walked, he walked with a peace that he did, and that, that it wasn't just what he enjoyed, but it spread over to other people. Amen? Amen. So how are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> this is a challenge for me. Because I don't always, I, I told you right at the start, I, didn't, I don't always walk in that. But folk, we should. We should. What is your mind dwelling on? What are you standing on? Are you confident in who you are as a child of God? Do you understand that you have right standing with him? Do you understand that his peace has been poured into your heart to empower you to walk in peace every day? I hope so. I trust so. I hope we're actually on a journey together learning these wonderful truths that empower us for life. Amen? Amen. Peace be with you. Bless you. Bless you. Have a wonderful, peace-filled week. Even if trouble comes, let it be a week full of peace. Amen? All right, bless you. Got tea and coffee. Have a great week.